knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. Coming up in our Hall of Fame Power Hour, David Till at 8.35. First Hall of Famer, of course, is the voice of Virginia Tech football. It's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, current ESPN broadcaster, and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. And good morning, William. How are you, my friend? I am well. Good morning to you. Hope everything is great over at the station today. I'm here at the house in Blacksburg, where we are uh, getting set for another big day of classes in our SMA program and uh, getting ready. Uh, I'm actually going to go back down to Florida this week. The Hokies are in Miami Mm -hmm. this Saturday against uh, the Canes and Coral Gables. And we're all going to reconvene down there. in fact, we're going to take the whole radio crew out on a on our whole football crew. Not everybody, but most of our football crew. We're going to go out on a boat. Nice on, on Sunday. So <laughs> we kind of had this planned, right? Like when, like before the football season. Like at some point, we all need to reconvene in Miami. And then, of course, the Canes dropped off the football schedule. So we said, all right, when the Hokies play basketball in Miami, we're all going to go down. So it's this weekend. Oh, that'll be great. Well, it's always good to see you when Louise is here. Louise Baker with us. Good morning, morning. Louise. Morning, Bill. How are you? you wanna, do you want to come with us? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, I, I drive into uh, Radford in the snow flurries this morning. So, yes, Miami sounds good. I'm so glad Louise is with us this morning. We're going to give away a couple Absolutely. of tickets to uh, Tech Women's Hoops coming up and uh, talk with her. She's such a great proponent, not only of our shows, but women's sports in the New River Valley and I would imagine you're a proponent of women's sports everywhere, though, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere that there's something that females can excel at in the sports or business or anything like that, then uh, I'm there supporting them. So, you know, Rick, my sister, 
my sister Linda, she she was she was a jock, right? She was one of those back in the seventies when she played high school basketball. Louise, they wouldn't let her come back across midcourt. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Do you remember those days? Because <laughs> wow. they didn't want the girls to run. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? No, uh, I can't. I, I remember going to those games. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just crazy. So it shows how far we've come, and now the women's game is just incredible, especially our team here at Tech. Yeah, Syracuse was in, that was such a fun game to watch. Even wow, with what a Liz, great win! Yeah, and even with Liz not having her best game, look at the others, Georgia and the others that stepped up. That was that was really good to see. You know, Rick, you know the way they played Sunday. So Syracuse was ranked. They're mm-hmm. they're really good. They had a big crowd for for them. They had six thousand at the game up at Syracuse Sunday. Yeah, it is a lot. And and the Hokies came out. This is like the biggest home game of the year at Syracuse, and it was twenty three to nine Tech after the first quarter. And, and I remember thinking, this is how, when you are an elite team, this is how you play on the road, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You, you just go in and just, all right, this game's over. Now, Syracuse did make a bit of a rally. They never caught Tech. But that's how, when you're an elite team, and the Hokies are, that's how you play on the road. Mm-hmm. And, and they did a good job, of uh, even against the very good Syracuse team that will make the tournament. Speaking of elite teams, what about on the men's side? Uh, are there? I mean, Carolina has you know they fell last night. I mean, how do you look at ACC hoops right now on the men's? Side? I think it's really good. It's not great. It's just good. And you know, it's like it's over the last few years, it's become very fashionable to to, to rip the ACC. And but yet at the end of the year, like over the last five years, only the Big 12 has won more NCAA tournament games than our league. Right? Mm-hmm. The ACC has won 38 NCAA tournament games over the last five years. And the Big 12 is, has been, it is a bigger league, uh, but, and they've won 41. So I think it's pretty comparable. And by percentage, if you look at the NCAA tournament over the last five years, the ACC's winning percentage is 623. And the Big 12s is 631. I think there are a lot of good leagues. And, and, and there are, you know, Louise, we've talked about this a lot. There are good teams everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. fun to watch. Yep. Yeah. Agree. But I don't think the ACC is bad. No. I mean, I, Mm-mm. all right. Now, it, do you remember the, I think it was what, 2013 or 14, remember, where like Duke, Duke won the national championship, but UVA, won the regular season. That's right. But but Notre Dame won the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that is unusual, right? Where where yeah. you had right and North Carolina was was a top ten team as well. So you had four teams, any of whom could win the national championship and it wouldn't have been a surprise. And you had three different win you know, you had three different ACC teams cutting down nets. Mm-hmm. Right? Notre Dame cut them down in Greensboro. All right. And then after Virginia won the regular season and then Duke won the, the, the natty. I don't think we're there this year, but I think we're good. And the other thing is, you know, like, the, it doesn't get credit. Like, Syracuse won the national champion and went to the Final Four, I should say. Syracuse went to the Final Four in 2013 and 2016. What league were they in? Right. The ACC, mm-hmm. right? Miami went to the Final Four last year. That's an ACC team. And I think people think, well, if Duke and Carolina aren't winning 32 games, the league's not that good. See, that's right. That's it right there. There there are a lot of teams. And and if if Miami makes the Final Four or Florida State makes the Sweet 16, those are teams in our league. And and I think people kind of forget 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. They look at it through those two schools' lenses, and you're right. And they don't give credit for it. It seems like it's the one league that doesn't get the credit or get well, the acknowledgement. But it happens elsewhere, too. Like, I was thinking about this. Like, South Carolina is 18-3 and three in yeah. men's basketball. Really good this year. Right? They're 18-3. and three. They've beaten Kentucky. They beat Tennessee. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not in the AP poll. Right. How can South Carolina – well, because South Carolina is a football school. That's not right. South Carolina was picked dead last in the SEC, and now they're second, and they're eighteen and three. Well, and I got to see them uh, up at per- close and personal right. in Charlotte. Yeah, you know, in the the very first game, you got the an Hokies early look. Them, I yeah. did. I got an early look. Yeah, when they played South Carolina. But that's not the narrative. The narrative is Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Tennessee, yeah, all which got yeah. which lost. Alabama. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So. Hey, looking at looking at the football schedule now. If you've had a time to sit back and look at it, what what do you like the most, and what what's something you don't really like about? It? Well, if you remember last week, we talked about the fact the one thing to hope for was an open date after the Stanford road game, mm-hmm. which we got. You got it. Yep. So I was very pleased with that. I think everybody did. And and then the second thing that I, I you know, the Hokies are playing at Miami and at Stanford back to back, but the Miami game is on a Friday, which which helps. So you've got a little extra time before and after that game. Uh, I was hoping Clemson would be on a Thursday night, mm. uh, but instead of BC, that's it. Uh, otherwise, I love it. You know, the Hokies lost three conference games last year, and those three teams are not on the schedule, mm. right? There is no Louisville, there's right. no Florida State, there's no NC State. So that's it. I just, I think BC on a Thursday night, it, it would it would be nice to play. <laughs> it would be nice to play a Thursday night game against, you know. Uh, you know, last year it was Syracuse. Someone that could bring some other fans because it's so hard for our fans to come down from Northern Virginia on those Thursday nights. And and so it's hard to sell out that game. You know, if you're playing Clemson, they're going to bring a couple thousand that can yeah. help you. But in any event, I have no complaints. I think it's great. Uh, Florida State has amended its lawsuit. What does this mean and what exactly did they amend? Well... You know, if you're just joining the story, you know, Florida State wants to get out of the uh, grant of rights in the ACC. And they claim the withdrawal free, uh, withdrawal fee from our conference is unreasonable and it's too high. And they're uh, claiming that it violates the law of the state of Florida. And that's kind of the basis of their lawsuit. They, they clearly want out. So Monday night, they uh, amended their lawsuit against the conference. And they brought up John Swafford and his son, Chad, the former commissioner and his son, uh, FSU is claiming that Swafford insisted that potential bidders for the ACC's television contract include Raycom because Raycom had a long partnership with the ACC, but it was struggling financially and his son had worked at the time, was working uh, and became the vice president and GM of Raycom. And Florida State is saying that was a breach of fiduciary responsibility that John, in essence, in essence took care of a longtime business partner and Secondarily, his son, by, in, by forcing ESPN to include Raycom. And, and, and there could have been a bid, Raycom, against ESPN for those second and third tier ACC rights. And, you know, now it's getting a little bit personal. <laughs> you know, the, the Florida State is holding no bars against coming after the conference and its people. And, you know, this is – Florida State wants a divorce. The ACC says you can't, so now it's getting – it's getting really interesting to see. And where this case gets held, if it's a North Carolina judge, it might be 
uh, viewed differently if it's a judge in any other state. And clearly, if it's a judge in Florida, uh, look out. Something to keep an eye on, as is the fact that Louise Baker has provided us an opportunity here for uh, to, to take her tickets away from her for a lucky listener. They're free today. <laughs> for free women's tickets? Yep, for in-state rival, the University of Virginia, coming wow. to Castle at 6 o'clock tip-off tomorrow night, Thursday, the 15th. And I have two tickets to um, for a lucky listener this morning to go and cheer on the, the ladies of Castle. All right. So our trivia question today. All right. I love your trivia questions. For, for two tickets to tomorrow night's Hokies UVA women's basketball game at Castle. Who is the all-time leading scorer in Virginia Tech women's basketball history? Oh, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. That is yeah. a good one. Yeah. 639-4900. I've got a guess between two. So. All right. All-time leading scorer in women's basketball history. For the tickets for the Tech UVA game from Louise Baker to see tomorrow night, Hokies and Wahoos—a point in the Commonwealth clash mm-hmm. up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night, all-time leading scorer in Tech women's basketball history. Call us up on the Baker Team Hotline six three nine forty nine hundred again six three nine forty nine hundred. If you know it, and you're the first one, you get them. So there you go. There you go. Well, we'll find out exactly uh, who it is. It was fun to see the Military Bowl trophy at the men's basketball Monday night with Duke. Coach early. Pry came out. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, all the football team on the, throwing out their T-shirts. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a very nice touch All right, let's go, game. Let's go to your Baker team hotline. Absolutely. All right. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Rick? It's Polly. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are y'all? I'm doing great, man. Do you uh, know the answer to uh, Bill's trivia question? Is it uh, Taylor Emery? That's a great guess, but it's incorrect. Taylor actually holds the... You there? Yeah. It's not the right answer. Taylor holds the average scoring record. Taylor averaged about 18.8 points per game during her career at Tech, but she has not scored the most points overall. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So he went with average. We're looking for the most total points in Tech women's basketball history. 639-4900. Somebody else must have had that because they hung up after the, <laughs> after the guess. Yeah. Oh, well, that didn't work. <laughs> Should we give a hint? Yeah. Yeah. Give a hint. yeah. It's a current player. Ah. Oh. Well, that oh it. There we <laughs> that go. That narrows it to five. It's a current player. <laughs> Who's the current player that has the all-time Virginia Tech scoring? Uh, that was record? a good – Taylor played a few years ago. That's a really good good question. See, now I was going to guess Asia Shepard. No. She, didn't she hold some records at some point? Taylor – uh, uh, Asia. Yeah, Asia, an SMA graduate. I have to throw that in there anytime. Ah, uh, good, yeah. Someone from our program. She has the most threes. Okay. I guess that's what I was thinking. I think that helped. I think your clue helped. Let's go back to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Hi, it's Chris. Hey, Chris. How are you, man? You got the answer to Bill's question for these uh, Louise Baker tickets for tomorrow. Is it Kitley? It is. Elizabeth Kitley. Liz has scored 2,486 points. Wow. Good Lord. Isn't that's that amazing? a big number. It's a big number. She has – you ready for this one, Rick? Yeah. Because you'll appreciate yeah. it. You ready for this one, Louise? You'll Ab- appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. Liz Kitley has 70 yeah. double seventy double doubles. 70. Mm. Is that all? Mm. Is that all? <laughs> Chris, 
Chris, congratulations, man. Can you hang on the line for me? We'll get all your yeah. info. All right, hang on just a second. All right, there you go. So Chris yeah. got him. Good question, Bill. Very good question. That well, and hard. before we leave women's basketball, I've got two more coming. I'm going to meet back up with Rick on Valentine's Day for two for Duke and two for UNC. February the 25th is going to be, in the regular season, Liz Kitley's last game at Castle. So uh, those are going to be – we need a sellout for that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. That There's going to be some tears shed oh, that my day goodness, at Castle. Yeah. That'd be an emotional day. Yeah, it will be. We'll have more coming up with Bill. He's going to have his SMA update. I always like to find out what's going on with the youngsters. Baker team game of the week. Oh, my goodness. A couple good ones here on the list. And the NRV Heart Clinic top three. All that's coming up with the voice of Virginia Tech football, the way God intended. Bill Roth and the Roth (laughs) Report. (laughs) Stay with us. More coming up. You know, buying or selling a home is a really important decision. We'll trust that decision to the Louise Baker team with Long & Foster Realtors. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda have combined experience of 40-plus years right here in the New River Valley. Check their website, nrvhomes.com, to search properties. They'll give you home field advantage in a competitive market. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avellino's and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. And True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. From the classroom, to the studio, to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech's sports media and analytics program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. And we are back here on the Roth Report on BDST. Bill Roth, Louise Baker in studio. What's going on with the youngsters in the SMA? One of my favorite parts of our sports is entertainment class, we begin a sequence today on sports films, sports movies. Oh, very cool. And we look at a few today, and then they have to do a movie review, and then they actually have to do their own pitch of a movie. That's coming up here over the next three, four weeks. But today, they're going to screen The Bad News Bears. <laughs> the original? Yeah. Oh, good. Not not in its entirety, but you know we know now the Bad News Bears is not a movie about Little League baseball. No, not at all. Right. Not at all. <laughs> you know, for those that don't know, Walter Matthau, right? I mean, he plays. He's he's what is an alcoholic divorcee, uh, former minor league baseball pitcher, right? Correct. And anyway, we the first thing I'll show them is the is the trailer, and. They're amazed that the, that language could be used in a movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For those that you can go back and look at it on YouTube. You know, back then, I mean, it was rated PG. <laughs> yeah, the the language you would not use that today. But you know, you had you had illegal immigrant Mexican left fielder. You had the awkward Jewish right fielder. Right. I mean, uh, you, you they, 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 it was every stereotype, and they all came together to win. And you had, you know, parents that 
didn't want to go to games and just dump them at the Little League Park for the alcoholic coach to coach them. <laughs> it, it's a comedy, but it's not, right? Yeah. There, there, there was a right. message there. And so the big story that we go through here is that all these sports movies really aren't about sports. And, you know, 42 isn't a baseball movie about Jackie Robinson. It's a movie about racism, mm-hmm. right? And, and remember the Titans. We go through all these sports movies. and it, League, it, it, League it, of Their it, Own. You have to put the women in there right? now. League of Their Own. Exactly. All these movies that, that we see that have sports as the vehicle, um, they're, not, they're not sports documentaries by any right. stretch of the imagination. Right. Absolutely. And so that's what we do today. So we start with Bad News Bears today. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Also good stuff, your Baker team game of the week. I know Louise, I need your help. Yeah. I need your help. Yes, yeah. sir. What do you need? <laughs> so, you know, so Carolina lost last night, but they played Duke Saturday. Right? Uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. All these teams are in the top ten. Tennessee and Kentucky both lost this week, and that's the second game of the doubleheader. So you've got You've got four top 10 teams going head-to-head, Duke and Carolina first, and then Tennessee and Kentucky's the second game Saturday night. Three of the four teams have lost. What's our game of the week? Your pick, Louise. (laughs) By the way, it is the Baker team game of the week. Yeah, right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would go with uh, Carolina and Duke. There you go. Our Baker team game of the week, the Blue Devils (laughs) and the Tar Heels. Good stuff. Good stuff. (laughs) All right, Tom, now. Uh, for our NRV Heart Clinic, Bill's Top 3. Are you ready for today's countdown? Yes. It's time for Bill's Top 3. Now back to Rick Watson. All right. Love it. Where are we looking at here? All right. So Las Vegas has the Super Bowl coming up, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be the first time the Super Bowl's ever been in that stadium, yeah. that city, right? Pretty cool. A new first-time city to host. Next year, it's New Orleans, and then in Santa Clara, home of the 49ers, and then back to Los Angeles the following year. So... We talked about this in class. We had the kids do some research. What are the top three cities that have never hosted but could someday? The top three cities that have never hosted a Super Bowl Mm. but could someday. And it has been discussed, but for whatever reason, which we'll discuss here in just seconds, they haven't. So what are the top three cities that have never hosted a Super Bowl but could? So we came up with this. Number three is Chicago. Yeah, hmm. one of the great cities in the country hmm. has never hosted because the uh, Soldier Field doesn't have a roof. Right. Mm-hmm. If Soldier Field could be closed or enclosed, Chicago would get a Super Bowl. Agreed. Makes right? sense. It's yeah, it makes sense. Easy to get there. It's in the middle of the country. They've got enough hotels. There's enough corporate types. Okay. So when we when I assigned this to the kids, you know, one of the things they talked about was was money. And, and, and they said, well, there's one place where money is no object. If you just wanted to bid it, they could get it. It was all about money. And I said, what city is that? And they said, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's not a, a very rich history of football, though. It, no history of football. I don't even know. But if, I said, no, 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 no. You just can't. I mean, they, I mean they're getting, they're, they may get the, the, the pro women's tennis tour now. And they got the PGA. They got the live tour, right? They're, they want to do sports. But no, we're not going to Saudi Arabia. But what was interesting, uh, they came up with Munich and London. Because mm-hmm. they're playing NFL games there now. Both of those cities are NFL crazy. They both already have the stadiums built. So that's what they came up with. Number one was London. Um, hmm. You know, and you've got you've got uh, NFL owners, the Patriots and the Bucks, that also own 
the soccer teams over there. So it's the same owners that own the Bucks and the uh, Boston Red Sox that own English Premier League teams. So they're already, they already have the stadiums and they're already playing games there. Well, so, Bill. What would I- you think of a Super Bowl in London? I was going to say, am I old-fashioned to think that football shouldn't, especially the Super Bowl, should not leave American soil? No, I agree. I agree. I would, I would not agree with that in any way, shape, or form. I would not think no. going out of the United States. Yeah. No. I mean, I know it's like, you're right, they're trying to push it, and it's been discussed, but I hope they don't go that far. And I get the money part, and I get the, the fan base, but there's just something I mean, that doesn't gonna, feel right. They're not going to play EPL championships here in, right. the, in the States, so... I think I think any NFL city that has an like Buffalo and Pittsburgh they've never hosted right mm-hmm. because yeah, that's of the right. weather that's right I think if anybody were to build a new dome and you know it's it's such a big deal for a city you know we we just can't they, they want warm weather I mean Jacksonville's had it right you know they want warm weather mm-hmm. I I think Chicago would be the next city yeah I think that makes sense if if the, the the family the, the soldier field people in the city want to enclose it yeah but makes that's a, a big that's a big cost yeah, it's a big mm-hmm. it, is, it is but that's a great point though mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense all right well listen i want to i can't wait to get the stories on the boat uh you guys are gonna have the adventures mm-hmm. i want pictures have. yeah <laughs> coming up <laughs> i just hope the Hokies can get this w at uh, coral gables Oh, that'd Miami, be nice. uh, Miami lost NC State, you know, so they're coming off a loss, and and but they wanted Castle. Oh my goodness, what ten days ago? Yeah, so mm-hmm. this is the rematch uh, mm-hmm. down there, and uh, Saturday Hokies night. Are, you know, Couture wasn't, as I recall, Hunter didn't play. In the That's game right, before. he wasn't right. there. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, so we're all going to Coral Gables, Hokies and Canes Saturday at noon. Well, we need to shout out to Hunter Couture for the great record that he set uh, Monday night. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, what, 300 three-pointers? 300 three-pointers. He's now played in more games than any Hokie ever, and he's made more threes. There you yeah. go. There you yeah, go. congratulations, Hunter. That's a legacy. Bill, thanks a lot, man. Have a safe trip. Appreciate thanks, it. Bill. Thanks, Thanks for everything you're doing, Louise. Yes. Oh, you're Absolutely. welcome. See you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Louise. You're the best. Louise Baker giving away more tickets. She'll have more tickets here. Valentine's Day. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break, come back. We'll wrap it up for another day. The second Hall of Famer on our list today. David Teal, when we return. Thanks again to Bill and Louise. More coming up. And callers who guess the trivia question. Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. Buffalo and Moore in Reiner is pleased to announce they are back to full service for their customers. Dine in, carry out, or catering is now available. Call Connie Hale for that special birthday cake, a family-style takeout meal, or a quick grab-and-go lunch or dinner. Bring a friend and enjoy the full menu for dining in. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda remind you to shop local. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avellino's and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. And True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics.
And an early morning today. Heck, it's always early morning here on the program. Glad to have you with us. Thanks to uh, Bill Roth and Louise Baker. Congratulations to the winner of the women's basketball tickets for the UVA game tomorrow. Joining us now, he is not only a multiple Hall of Famer, but also, once again, named the Virginia Sports Writer of the Year, David Till joining us. David, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Well, you had a great question at the end, and I thought the same thing when you were talking with Mike Young the other night uh, after the loss. And I loved your question because it kind of felt the same way, that the shot selection, and I understand that Sean Badulas had to basically carry the offense. It kind of got away from him, didn't it? You could tell he was a little frustrated with the way things went, and maybe he was trying to do too much. And Mike Young, he agreed with you. (laughs) Yeah, he really did. I mean, Padula's been on such a heater. You know, shooters are going to shoot, and when you're on a roll like, he has been it's hard to blame him but um you know oh for six beyond the arc and virginia or virginia tech is just not going to win many games in which sean padula and hunter couture combined for only two threes and i know this is probably impossible to rate but that that's a pretty damaging loss for tech in terms of maybe the building they still have some time to do it but they they kind of needed that one didn't they to kind of boost their attractiveness maybe to a committee here in a month or so rick i thought it was their biggest moment of the season it's you're at home against the highest ranked team you'll face in that building a team you've beaten five of the last six times it's been there now granted different different teams but no one at Virginia Tech is intimidated by playing Duke in Castle Coliseum. Mm-hmm. But they they just and credit to Duke, you know, to to come in there in a in a hostile building that <clears throat> ACC players to a man will tell you that when the castle is full, it is as raucous a home court as there is in this conference. And for Duke to shoot 59% Ooh. in the second half and better than 52 for the game and to defend the way it did and to overcome Kyle Filipowski's foul troubles in the second half, Ryan Young coming off the bench, you know, Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor you know, hitting big-time shots. Uh, I'm telling you, they were, they were really impressive. That's the team that was picked in preseason to win the league. Yeah, I agree 100%. To me, it looked like their best game of the year from what I had watched. I mean, they, they were clicking. And, uh, and to come in there, too, you know, with the Carolina game looming and not even think about it looking ahead, because you mentioned they understand how tough it is to win there. Heck, Duke hasn't won there a lot. So, But that was the most complete game I'd seen them play. And, boy, they, maybe that pit game at home, <laughs> that loss, maybe that was their wake-up call. It might have been. And, Rick, I would agree with you, at least in conference play. Correct, yeah, they, yeah. They, they had some good non-conference wins, beating Baylor at Madison Square Garden. That, that's pretty big pelt on the wall. But in terms of league play, it's not their most lopsided win by any stretch or most dominant win. But given the caliber of opponent and where that game was played, I agree with you 100%. Duke's most impressive performance in league play. The Hall of Famer, David Teal, joining us on the program. 
And let's go now to the team that you know I thought and still believe is by far the best team, or maybe not by far anymore, but still the best team. They had a little hiccup last night, and maybe they did get caught looking ahead. I don't know, but it just goes to show that even when you're Carolina playing as well as they are, David, you've done this a long time, winning conference road games never a given. Classic trap game. Mm-hmm. I mean, just classic. You're, you're playing on the road against – one of the lower teams in the standings, and you get caught looking ahead to a home game against your most intense rival. And they did. They they got caught. And credit to Georgia Tech. Number one, I think Damon Stoudemire has got a nice collection of young talent. Nathan George, that young point guard who hit hit that winning shot last night, that dude is fearless. Yes. You asked you ask Clemson because he took over that game and basically single-handedly won it for the Yellow Jackets at Little John Coliseum. And then last night, darn if he doesn't do it again. <laughs> what a tough shot that was. And, and Georgia Tech did it without Bay Nadongo, its freshman center, who went out early in the second half, I believe it was, maybe even in the first half. But he missed much of the game with, it looked like, concussion symptoms. So they're without their leading score and rebound, and they still beat Carolina. Uh, That's remarkable. Yeah, it really was, and it did feel like it to me that uh, you know they were a day closer to the big rivalry game than Duke was the night before. But still, that, I think maybe they he wasn't uh, Dr. Bradley down here at R used to call it running backwards, right? You don't want your guys to run backwards in a game they think they should win. But Carolina got caught doing that against uh, a much improved Georgia Tech team. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and Carolina's mission right now is to get Armando Baycott right. Uh, now, they, they've been winning, and it, it really didn't matter. But in his last three games, Rick, Baycott has scored five, five, and nine points. And I, you know, he's still a rebounding machine, and he's still the leader of that squad. And, yes, R.J. Davis has given him so much offense, and he's clearly the player of the year in the league and probably a first-team All-American. But. Baycott needs to give them more than single digits if, if they're going to be a real postseason force. They need to get him more involved in the offense. Agreed. And when I hear those numbers and you see his box score, this is why he got the negative reaction he got last year, right, from the NBA people. I think they see the same thing when they watch him play. Why, why does this happen to him so often? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, color me surprised, but here comes Tony Bennett in Virginia, right? <laughs> Winners of four in a row. Remember, a couple weeks ago we talked, listeners were concerned about the Cavs. Uh, don't be. They're going to figure things out because they're just that well coached. And February could be uh, a fun year for a uh, fun month for them coming up. Could be. Uh, should, should take care of business at home tonight against Notre Dame. This is part two of Virginia's redemption tour in John That's Paul right. Jones Arena. That's right. They have already avenged the NC State road loss at home. Now they get a chance to avenge the Notre Dame road loss at home, and then later in the season they will have the opportunity to avenge the Wake Forest road loss 
at home. And my guess is they will take care of business on all three occasions. <laughs> Agreed. 11-0 and 0 at home, man. They have turned that thing. Into, it usually is uh, tough to win there, but my goodness, they are special in that building, to say the least. We were just talking about with Bill. I don't want to get your take. Here we are updating it, but you have two ranked teams. I don't remember the last time there were only two ranked teams in the top 25 this late in the season in the ACC. Oh, it hasn't been long. Just just go back to last season and the season before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's there's been a dearth in in that top 25 for the league. The good news for the ACC is the bottom is better. Now, Louisville accepted, but look at Georgia Tech last night. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech is much better. Notre Dame is better than a year ago. Boston College is better than a year ago. And while Duke and Carolina are the only ones in the top 25 of the polls and the metrics, the metrics really like Clemson. Clemson's going to make the NCAA tournament. Then there's that cluster of teams in the 40s and 50s of Ken Palm, Net, Evan Maya, or whatever your preferred metric is. And it's Virginia and Virginia Tech and Wake Forest and Syracuse and NC State and Miami. Uh, that was a big win for the Wolfpack last night. And, you know, the Hokies have to go to, go to Miami. On uh, on Saturday, that's that's an interesting game. Virginia with Jordan Minor continuing to play well, and Blake Buchanan starting to reemerge a little bit. They go to Clemson, so some interesting road tests on Saturday for the Cavaliers and the Hokies. Now, few people who are on the committee know more about what the committee's up to than you. You spent time right there knowing what they look at. The fact that all but three teams in the ACC have overall winning records, would that factor in at the end with the committee, do you think? Because you just talked about the depth of the league, the bottom of the league being better. It all depends on each committee member, Rick, because they have so much data at their disposal. They have much more now than – they did when I did the, the, the mock selection out in Indianapolis. So it's really difficult to, to forecast these things. N- number one, because each committee member, you know, their votes aren't public and their colleagues don't even know how they vote because it's all done on a laptop. And then the committee membership rotates. There's, there's this constant uh, turnover um, among committee members. Mm-hmm. So when Bob Cunningham, the North Carolina AD, leaves the committee, he'll be replaced by someone else who may look at things differently. So trying to, to understand and forecast the whims of, of that panel is difficult indeed. Finally, I have to ask you this whole information came out about Tennessee and what the NCAA is trying to I mean I don't understand why they think there's any rules to the NIL because they kind of let this thing happen what were your take what was your take when you saw their latest attempt at trying to hold someone accountable for the NIL well this is the second time they've they've, they've gone after a program mm-hmm. over, over NIL and you know There are no rules now. Were there 
Were there rules that the, the, the spirit was violated? Perhaps. But I, I think you're wasting everybody's time here. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame the Tennessee folks for being angry and frustrated and confused. Um, because look, NIL has become such a crutch for all of us. It's not NIL, Rick. It's athlete compensation. Right. It's a for play. That's what it is right now and will be until there is some semblance of guardrails around this. And then it will be still pay for play, but there will be some parameters and some contracts. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Uh, it is. That's what, and, and to say that they're doing this to pay players to come uh, perform at your school, well, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. Thanks for identifying it again for us, right? <laughs> Rick, do you know what NIL stands for? Well, the way they say it or the way, what it really means? <laughs> now it's legal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing you'll be in Charlottesville tonight. Is that where you're going to be? I will not. You will not be there tonight? Where are you headed this weekend? I will be in Richmond for VCU Richmond. Right. Spider, Spider still undefeated in the Atlantic 10 after uh, defeating Dayton the other, the other night at home. VCU coming off a rough road loss last night, squandered a 20-point lead at home or uh, on the road at St. Bonaventure. But, yeah, I was in Blacksburg Monday night, then spent some time in Charlotte yesterday with Jim Phillips and some of the ACC staff Ooh. talking about some things. So got some stuff planned on that. And uh, just just a little busy that I won't be uh, getting to Charlottesville tonight. I understand. I understand. You, you enjoy the mid-major gyms, too, don't you? That's good stuff. That's fun. That's fun basketball. I'll tell you what, Rick. The Seagull Center is one of my favorite places because when I sit down – in my chair, I am sitting at mid. <laughs> I mean, right there at mid court, you would think I was someone important when I'm not. But I love and appreciate that seat and that vantage point of a college basketball game. It is so enlightening and so much fun uh, to watch the action that up close. You get such a feel and appreciation for what these young people are able to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And we appreciate everything you do here on the program, David. Have a great rest of the week, man. Thanks so much. Great stuff as always. You bet, Rick. There you go. That's David Teal, the Hall of Famer, joining us here on the program, your Virginia Sports Writer of the Year. We're taking our final break. Coming back, wrapping it up here on a Wednesday. All right, we are done for another day. Thanks to Keon Brown, Bill Rolfe, Louise Baker, and David Teal. Great stuff, as always. Thanks to you, smartest listening audience and radio. Great text messages throughout the day. We'll be back tomorrow on the Thursday edition. Everybody bundle up, and we'll see you then. Take care.
have us here at News Center 4. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.